0: Hello and welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner with Karen Sharp-Price. This podcast will inform and inspire you in your quest to find the right career path. If you're just starting out, looking to make a change in your field, or transitioning into a new career, then this podcast is for you. We will be sharing tips and providing resources on topics such as writing resumes, interviewing, using LinkedIn, and networking. We will take a look at different careers, companies, and opportunities. You will hear success stories from professionals in all career paths, and so much more. You will leave this podcast with three key takeaways that you can easily put into practice. Enjoy! Welcome to Sharp HR Career Corner. I'm Karen Sharp-Price. Today we're going to learn a little bit about a different path you can take using your law degree. What's so interesting is our guest today didn't take the most common path after graduation. Let me introduce you to Mackenzie Higgins. Thank you so much for spending some time today with us. We really appreciate this. Hey, Karen. Thanks for having me. I want to start back when you were in college. And
1: where did you go to school? What degree were you thinking about at that time? Sure. Um, So I had a couple of different ideas, as many college freshmen do. Um, my When I walked into orientation, I was an adolescent education major uh, focusing in history. And by the time I left orientation, I was straight up political science. And then I toyed a little bit, possibly with the social work angle, possibly going back into education, but ultimately decided to stick out the poli-sci uh, path, um, getting a very traditional BA in poli-sci, And I had attended uh, Damon College for that. So
0: with poli sci, what were you thinking you might do after graduation?
1: I knew it was more of a door opening sort of degree, um, knowing that there was going to be grad school, most likely, um, no matter what I decided to do. A lot of people had always complimented my writing. So thinking maybe... um, journalism, or it could lead back to education, it could lead to doctoral programs, toyed a little bit with the with the thought of going into law enforcement for a little bit. And then obviously, with writing and law enforcement, there's always the ultimate option of law school. When you graduate from Damon College, were you ready? Did you know what the next step was going to be? Still keeping that option open, but ultimately deciding law school, knowing that I knew myself, I didn't want to take a break it was if you're going to law school, you're going now. So uh, ultimately, even though it was the some of the worst economic years we've had of of recent memory, jumped right into law school right away started that September of uh, 2009. Wow. And when you were in law school, did you have a, a good
0: feeling that you were like you were home, you knew that this is where you wanted to be? Or were you still trying to figure out your path while you were in law school?
1: First year was a lot of wandering in that abyss, not really understanding, um, because there were so many new things. I didn't understand tort law or civil procedure or any of that. I knew I knew criminal um, criminal law based on some some family ties uh, in the law enforcement space, so I was very familiar and comfortable with that idea. But there were still so many new things um, that I didn't know about. So my first year was definitely wandering in some of that abyss of, okay, so I'm going to do something in law, but I'm not quite sure if it is going to be um, in the criminal law space. By my second year, I was pretty confident that criminal law was was it, and that's where I was going to be, probably on the prosecution side. I did some internship work there, and... Um, ultimately continued as I got my LLM in criminal law and trial advocacy at that point, I was really, really dead set that that's what I was going to do. Wow. So you, so you graduate from law
0: school and then you went on? Yes. Wow. And how, how much time does it take to,
1: to go on from there? So the LLM is, uh, 24 credit hours, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a very intense 24 credit hours. Some people take two or three credits a semester and make it a very long process, but you're not allowed to go more than eight credits in a semester. So I did uh, six and I did four semesters straight. So I did a winter, a summer, a fall, and a a winter again. Wow, so that would be about five years in law? Yes. Wow. I took one semester off for um, the equivalent of one one and a half semesters off for the bar exam um, to study, take it, wait for results. And then uh, the day I got my bar results, I drove back to school to put my seat deposit down to start in January.
0: Wow. Now, what made you want to continue on and not just go out there and start start becoming a a
1: lawyer? My JD experience um, was very regimented. (laughs) This is a good caveat for everybody. Not all law schools are created equal in design of their curriculum. Some schools are very uh, research-based, very writing-based. Others are a lot more objective. So you, you're you doing a lot more multiple choice. You're doing a lot more essays from the case law. So the the school I attended is known for being a lot more of that regimented your your bar topics you're very you're very firm in your curriculum so i didn't get a whole lot of, of of opportunity to do a lot of that research which i had loved so much in undergrad so i figured the llm was my opportunity to get a really holistic 360 view of criminal law really delve into it almost like a major and get to do some of that research get to do some of that writing get to do those components that i really loved okay where did you go to law school uh Western Michigan University
0: Cooley Law School. So then you continued on there for the next yeah. degree? Okay. What did you do when you graduated after 5 years in law school? What one what were you thinking you wanted to get into? And then what did you actually
1: do? So it was still still eye on the prize for criminal prosecution, but not being terribly picky, we'll say at that point, I came home and it was the immediate traditional legal job search, um, which that's one of the job searches that is is slightly less tech advanced than other fields. Um, there's still a lot of writing samples going out, still a lot of paper, still a lot of trips to the post office. So I was doing that. I was doing applications for legal clerking, both in private practice as well as uh, in the judiciary, various prosecutor's offices, public defender's offices, you name it. Again, still very much a product of the economic issues of, uh, 2008 to 2010, Mm -hmm. what happens is then three years later, you've got a huge pool of new lawyers waiting to, uh, waiting to enter the job market. So still, still doing all of his applications. I just needed a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Quite honestly, I was getting a little bummed. So I went to uh, an employment agency and I said, What can you do? I don't care if it's a two week assignment, if it's a two month assignment, I just need to get something. I need some income. I need to, you know, I need to feel useful again. And the agency, which is known for legal placements, even told me you're a great candidate, but we don't have anything, but we will, as soon as we do, we will let you know. So before I even got home from meeting with the recruiters, uh, there was, she called me and she's like, all right, she goes, not exactly what you want but I think it's a really good opportunity. You're going to start on Monday um, doing compliance work for a, a state law project that a, that a bank has. And I was like, what, what's compliance? What is, what is this compliance world you speak of? And she goes, don't worry, I'm not really sure either, but they said they needed attorneys, so you'll figure it out. So that following week, I started in uh, corporate compliance, which was a very foreign term to me and a very foreign world to me. But as the recruiter had said, I would pick up on it. So I, I started what would have been uh, what should have been a, a three week assignment got pushed out to be about five, five months. But because the uh, the company had coded us not as contractors, but as fixed term or temporary employees, which gave us access to their internal job boards. So as I started getting my feet wet into this compliance world and noticing all of these other JDs who were permanent employees around me, you know, talking to them and and understanding how they leveraged their degree. I was like, yeah, this might not be a bad place to be. So, uh, I took, I took a a wild shot in the dark and applied for a permanent position doing human resources compliance, which again, I never took an HR class and ever, (sighs) But employment law reads a lot like criminal law, if you actually look at the way it's structured. So uh, I was able to wrap my head around that. Um, took my wild shot in the dark and and went in and said, I, I'll be a, you know, a compliance specialist. Let me, you know, teach me and I will, I will learn. I can do this. I can adapt to this environment. And that's, that's where I, I started. And, and I've, I've been there ever since. Now, how, how many years has this been now? Um. So I started as, uh, as the temporary, uh, legal document review analyst in August of uh, 2014. So it's been a little over six years that I've been been doing this. Looking
0: back, do you have any regret or do you actually like this new path? What does
1: it give you that the other one wouldn't? It gives me a work-life balance that my friends in, in traditional practice don't have for the most part. I get to leave my work at work or in this room. My my <laughs> laptop get to close every once in a while. It's given me a really great sense of work life balance. And then also working in in a larger institution, there's that ability to move around. So I started off doing traditional human resources compliance. That morphed into human resources risk management. Hmm. From human resources risk management, I went to business banking risk management. So there's wow. a lot of ability to gain those transferable skills to move throughout the organization. So that's one thing that I think has been a huge advantage. And, he like said the the work life balance is great. The uh, the other benefits, the the vacation, the PTO is a lot better because it is genuinely PTO 99 of the time. You know, I don't have clients calling me. I don't have people emailing me at 10:30 at night usually looking for me. So. It's been great to use my degree and to have a, a job that isn't necessarily 40 hours a week, but is still a lot more um, regular and and, and regimented with a schedule.
0: Well, and work-life balance is one of probably the biggest things that uh, job seekers are looking for in in this generation. And sometimes it's really hard to find. A lot of people are going out on their own and they're starting their own companies and they definitely don't have it there. <laughs> and With the pandemic going on right now, you know, people have lost their jobs or people are taking on more work because other people have lost their jobs within their organization and they don't have that work life balance. So, to say that, you know, what you're doing, you really feel as though you can balance and have some free time and do things that you enjoy on the side, you don't have the stress, you don't feel like you know, oh, I should be doing this instead of wanting to do this. And mm-hmm. and I think it's great that like you see the people that you went to school with and it's tough world to constantly be bringing in new business um, mm-hmm. for yourself along with keeping it up um, and every minute of your day is calculated and counted and, you, you know, you don't have that. So there are a lot of pluses to this, a, a lot of pluses how happy are you that your career path took you down this road? Because it was sort of, it was luck, it was by chance, you, you, took, mm-hmm. you took a chance by going to Recruiter to see if they could help you out, never imagining that this career path was even out there, and now it opened your world to a whole different um, path. So mm-hmm. on a scale from one to 10, how happy are you that your career took you in a different direction?
1: I would say between a solid eight, nine.
0: You've been in it now for a number of years. Mm -hmm. So you know, you know, all the, the, you know, the pros and the cons to to all of this and taking that chance. You never know, you know, you, you, Mm -hmm. you're taking a leap of faith, but it sounds like it it has been a really great path for you to take and, and has opened you up to a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of different opportunities within that position. Mm -hmm. Now it's interesting because from what I gather when you're going to law school, you don't really always specialize while you're in law school. You you can take some courses that maybe you have interest in, but it's not like when you go in for a business degree and you say, I want to specialize in marketing or I want to specialize in human resources. And it sounds like in, in law school you sort of are getting a little bit of everything and i've i've heard that sometimes you don't decide until after you graduate what area you're going to be in which i don't know how you do that cuz then you got to learn that area
1: <laughs> is that is that kind of true um again i think that goes back to not all law schools are designed the same schools offer you a little more latitude with electives to 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 give you that option um we were given the option for what they called concentrations which would be designated on your on your diploma but they were a very small sampling of of your overall credits. Hmm. Um, there were a few required classes, a few that you could backfill to to fulfill that concentration. But even with the concentrations, they were very generic. Okay. So we had a litigation concentration. So you learn you, know, you did some some practical courses that put you up in in front of you know mock uh, juries and things like that. But again, it was such a small fraction of the. 90 some credits that your law degree is it's still such such a minute portion but I did have some some friends who have attended other institutions where they had a lot broader ability to do those things but no it's it's still it's still pretty high level yeah it is definitely an interesting field
0: so my signature question to you is could you give three pieces of advice for somebody who might be graduating from law school, or you know, even maybe somebody who's in the paralegal field who's thinking about what they want to do? What's three pieces of advice that you wish you maybe had known before you graduated to help somebody out that might be listening or who might be possibly thinking
1: about a field or a career path in law? What would you say? So, my first one would be. Get into the mode of exploring the whole concept of alternative legal careers. That was something that was not really talked about, at least when I was in law school. And obviously, that's where I landed. And there was definitely some stigma attached to it, at least it, the you know, initially for me. I thought it was a step back. Hmm definitely get comfortable with that idea and, and realize that there's a heck of a lot of us out here that are doing these alternative legal careers. And it's not, it's not a step back. It's not a sidestep. It's not a failure. So get comfortable with those ideas. Get comfortable with some of those options. The second one would be to embrace the idea of, of employment agencies. They're not just temp agencies. There are so many great services out there that these folks are, are trying to place career-minded individuals. It's not just putting people in factories and assembly lines and, and backfilling temporary situations. Like there are a lot of really great employment services out there and agencies that can help you get into these career modes. I wouldn't, I would have never fell onto my company's website otherwise. Right. Um, so that, that's something that is, is invaluable. And then the last one is understand what your desired work-life balance is and, and really take a step back and look at what you want in life because for me, I didn't, I didn't actually understand what that meant. And that's why I was like, yep, I want to be a prosecutor and be all in. And now knowing what I've been able to accomplish, um, you know, outside of my career, you know, being an aspiring ultra marathoner and being able to go and and run half marathons in, in several states and different countries, those things take time outside of your, of your job. Right. And to have the ability to do that, to train and to to have that opportunity and to you know, foster a relationship with my you know with my now husband and to be able to navigate when he was deployed. Um, oh, wow. those are those are things that you know I if I had a high a super high stress legal career on top of it, I don't think those things would have happened right. So to have to have that flexibility, to have a job that, nine out of 10 times when my work day is done, it's done. That allows me to have that whole separate side of my life where I'm not just working for the sake of, of working. And I still have an identity. I didn't understand any of that in law school. So you get, you get comfortable with yourself and, and, you know, do you, do you want to travel? Do you have a hobby that you want to begin or, or foster, or, you know, a skill that you want to, improve upon because those are all things that are going to be demands on your time and to understand what your clock actually looks like is a very important decision and i think not that i would have not gone down the route of my llm or not that i would have hit the pause button you know elsewhere i just think that i i may have come to comfort with this decision a lot sooner and and maybe uh, you know went to that employment agency a little sooner had i you know had a better understanding of all of these these factors
0: you know most people that probably go to law school think that there really is only one path and they're not really <laughs> thinking about um, anything okay. else other than that that one goal down the road sometimes they find that they don't have a life outside of that and then you know, they stop and they start looking around and they're not sure where to go. And some just continue on on that road and they're not as happy as they could be. Talking about all these alternative career paths in law has been so informative. I, I mean, I didn't know it until I started talking to you. I had no idea. I think that you have a you have a great story here. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, and so I really appreciate your time today. It, it's been great. And I hope that those that are listening really, you know, Take this and, and do some research before you jump in. Knowing that there's all this out there that you could consider could really change the course of, of where you head. So, so thank you. Thank you again for doing this. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Karen. Yeah, and for those that are listening to this podcast, if you're working towards your law degree or maybe you're studying paralegal studies, um, but you're not sure what you want to do with your career path, contact Sharp Human Resources we can certainly help you through guided assessments, conversations, research, so that you can explore and discover career paths. Sometimes you just need someone to talk things through with, be given direction, and then things start to fall into place. So do yourself a favor. Go to Sharp sharphumanresources-buffalo.com and contact us today. Until next time, be kind, everyone. We need a lot more kindness in the world, and it starts with you and I. Thanks again for listening